Jacqueline. And we're back for another episode of Black and Yellow. Hi, guys. Welcome back. All righty. Well, I have a serious question for you, my dear. Okay, I think I can handle it. Are you ready for this? Take a deep breath. Do you exercise? Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm an avid runner. (laughs) I run like a fucking fiend. I love that you do. I I love working out. I don't think I really talk about my running practice. How much? No, you don't. On the show. Mm -mm. But, um, yes, little known fact, I'm a pretty passionate runner. Running to me is what freedom feels like. Okay, I love it. You're like a gazelle. I just <laughs> imagine you like these long, slender legs. Thank, like... In the moment, it doesn't feel like that. <laughs> in the moment, I don't feel like beautiful and long. I feel clunky and sweaty and hot and like v- very aggro. Uh-huh. Like I get very into my really? running practice. I, because I do it first thing in the morning, I it's see. also sort of like a running. Like a meditation. Yeah, like a moving meditation, if yeah. you will. And um, I... I tend to work out in the morning because i feel like it's better that way though it's also the air yeah it's cooler i tend to do about six to eight miles five days a week and i like to do it at the start of my day so you do like 30 30 miles a week Mm -hmm. holy shit it doesn't feel like that no not after a while i've been running for so long one mile for you is like a warm-up kind of yeah and after that one mile like the runner's high takes over and my feet just grow wings and i feel like i'm more in my head and like Thinking through my day and and meditating and saying affirmations to myself and really filling myself up and prepping myself I for the day. I love that. That oh. it doesn't really feel like that long. But also, I feel like with a six to eight mile run at the start of my day, I feel like I have done something extraordinary before most people are out of the bed Yeah, and like on the way to work. What time do you wake up every day? Uh, maybe like seven. Okay, so maybe I don't do something extraordinary before people out of bed. <laughs> but maybe I do something extraordinary before people, like, clock in for work. Sure. They might still be sitting on the freeway. And so where do you run at the Silver Lake Basin or whatever? Reservoir. Reservoir. Yeah, I love the I Silver love Lake that Reservoir. Area. How many miles is it around that track? Is that the 2. water? 2.1. 2.1. So you run around it four times? Four times. Yeah, three or four times. Cool. And there's, like, a rec center over there because inevitably, if anyone knows anything about running, it really does jostle those insides. Yeah. So there's a restroom. <laughs> you say it's so jostle those insides. Well, it does. Right after. I mean, like, by definition, running is a stressor, and so I really feel... I see. Jostled. Yeah. <laughs> uh, midway through my run, and I just have to use the restroom. I'm sorry. I hope that's not like TMI. Um, but it's the truth. Um, I just pictured you, like, halfway through your run. Oh, gotta go. Restroom. I mean, and then you finish your run. <laughs> I mean, sometimes the, the practice of running can be a bit grody. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. Grody. I haven't heard that word in so um, long. I mean, Who says you know, grody? It's, it's definitely not uncommon for runners to shit themselves. Oh, my God. Uh, I saw that happen at a half marathon that I ran. Wow. Not too long ago. Okay, so you you just ran the half marathon. Yes. And how many miles was it? 13.1. Holy crap. Yes. You felt... are amazing. All hail. Oh, no. No, thank you. I mean, thank you. But, like, <laughs> no, it felt you. so amazing. And wow. And it was a goal that I had set for myself. And, yeah, you've been training for, what, like six months now? Yeah. I remember so, since you've been starting. And I feel, and I've been running on and off, never consistently, because. I see. Of life. Let me tell you something about being black. And being uh, into physical activity. I want to know. I want to know. So I live in a world, as most black women do, where we wake up every morning and we have a choice. That choice is either good health or good hair. Because. Say it again. Say it again. Good health 
or good hair. Let's think about that for a moment. Because I grew up and still live in a world where moisture is the enemy. Black women's hair and Thank moisture, God it's dry as fuck out here. It's super dry. I don't run with my hair down. I don't know how the white girls do that because it has to be like up off my neck, secure. I don't want anything like a bun, like a tight, yeah, the back of my neck, nothing. Um, but I live in a world where like sweat and excess oil, moisture in the air from like precipitation, rain, like that, like all of that is the enemy. And a lot of black women will actually avoid exercise because they don't want to mess up their hair because also you're not supposed to wash your hair every right because i mean look we spend a lot of money on our hair and it takes a very very oh yeah if you don't know check out our hair episode yeah if you don't know about (laughs) the plight of black women in their hair like a prerequisite to this episode is our hair episode episode. (laughs) (laughs) exactly exactly um we spend a lot of money on our hair we spend a lot of time on our hair yeah we're not white women who have the 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 good fortune or asian or asian or hispanic we probably have we probably have better hair than white girls yeah yeah because often i mean if, if i'm thinking about like weaves and wigs and hair pieces it's generally like virgin indian or asian hair yeah because white women color and treat a their lot hair. they treat their hair a lot all of my white girlfriends that i know of have dyed their hair throughout my time of knowing them several several times which i'm actually quite jealous about because hair dye makes my hair extremely dry so oh. i can't really play with color like that the yeah way that i would like to right i wish i could that's also not in our culture like you don't um, you don't grow up seeing your mom color her hair got it so for you it's like why would you go and do that you know more and more now like it's yes. interesting. Like you, you'll you'll see. You've seen like Asian girls with like crazy blonde For or girl, sure. or like you know the whole ombre thing and the balayage and all that stuff. But For sure. But that's still like you don't like you, that's not something you're naturally gravitated to because you don't have anyone in your family. Your aunties, your grandma, your mom. We don't. They don't color their hair. And I am thinking about the the hair streak Asian female trope in yeah. movies where like. You know, she's this, the hair streak Asian girl is different than the regular. Yeah, she's a rebel. You know she's a rebel with that purple streak in her hair. Look at her. What's she hiding? Yeah, exactly. You know what? I didn't think about that until just just right now. And I mean, I I had a couple friends' moms dye their hair like red when their hair was really short. But Mm -hmm. even then wasn't like really extreme and it wasn't like, or maybe they had a red hair like the entirety that I knew them so mm-hmm. it was just sort of like accepted and it wasn't weird Got but it. it wasn't like hair you, we never made the hair like a really really big deal because it is just what it is right we're just pin straight thick yeah I mean, oh, black. black hair. We listen. We have a very complex, complex yeah. history. With I our was hair, astonished. Our history behind it. I learned so much about black people hair that I thought I did because I watched um, Chris Rock's documentary. <laughs> I, I watched that when I was like ten or something because it oh, came okay. out like twenty years ago, right? Because about his daughters and stuff. And then I learned even more about that episode with, that we did together. Mm-hmm. Um, so you, let's get back to the thing. You don't exercise consistently every day because of your hair so growing up it was very much a decision i I exercise consistently now yeah because i've i've essentially just thrown caution to the wind and been like you want to know something i might not have the bombest hair but i will have a bomb body yeah and i'll be really really healthy but growing up it was almost like you had a thank you (laughs) it was almost like i had a choice to make it was like do you want to be pretty and have cute hair and like be pretty when you go out Uh or do you want to be an athlete but you can't be both. So oh. in my head, I never equated beauty and athleticism because that makes perfect sense. Yeah. 
ever because so much of you know black women are fed the eurocentric uh uh standard of beauty which is pin straight hair that you can run your fingers through it so soft and so silky but in order to achieve and maintain that hair you can't get it wet like you you there's no there's no, no moisture way. when it's hot during the summertime most black women if if our hair is done and laid properly we sit still with a fan we try not to sweat at all costs like that was how i grew up mm. very afraid of the moisture because mm. it would wreck our hair and and that is something that you learned obviously from experience and environment or was it something that your mom also sort of started teaching you about hair early on as she started handling your hair i think that it's a thing that young you just know. adolescent african-american girls i think it's very cultural i think that we learn from a young age that our hair takes a long long time and it costs a lot of money and it's different and it's different and it's not necessarily looked at as beautiful mm -hmm. so we so our hair is like a second job yeah, yeah we've got to yeah. put oh in the God. time we've got to invest the time and the money and learn some techniques to keep it looking great after it's been laid and i think i've said this on this show that um in an upper, I would say middle class African American societies and higher class African American societies, your kid's hair being laid is a reflection of good parenting. Yeah. Like that is very much Holy a thing. moly. And so from a really young age, I felt like it was always a choice that I had to make. Do I want to play on the basketball team or do I want to have pretty hair? And if there was an event coming up, like, you know, the, the holiday pageant around Christmas time, if I had that pageant coming up or if I had that holiday party coming up, I knew that I was missing basketball practice. Mm. Like the minute that the hair was done, life changed for wow. five days, seven days, 10 wow. days, however long my mom could maintain it. Like wow. all physical activity came to a halt. So there That's was something really, really um, beautiful about standing at the start line uh -huh. of the half marathon and really looking around and taking stock of a how many African American women were, were there. there right next to me like ready to run but also it was a triumph of me saying like oh yo like we have all overcome something very similar here where our community from a young age tells us good hair equals no moisture no sweat no physical activity and whether we know that we are all connected by the fact that we are signing up to run this race and we are going to sweat the shit out of our hair and we are yeah. cool with that, there's something very unifying about that feeling. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> that was a very long, long statement to you. No, to it's, you it's asked, amazing. I love it. When it comes to physical activity, look, a lot of black women in the U.S., we don't exercise because of hair. For some people, that might be like, oh, my God, that's so silly. That's so stupid. But to those people, those people are generally white people. I would say uh, don't devalue our hair concerns and conundrums because we weren't born with hair that is not heavily politicized. We were yeah. not born with perfectly pinned straight hair where we can have an intense cardio workout and then just wash our hair, blow dry it, and go. Yeah. Like black well, not hair, even. Yeah, like black hair takes a long time. Yeah. And sometimes it, we don't have the luxury of time. Well, yeah, and I think about, like, I mean, I not, I'm not saying I fall into that category, but I definitely fall into the category of, like, not necessarily being ignorant, but just like not knowing because I'm not black. And That's so okay. it's just sort of that like 
we have no idea what it's like to have to handle that on a daily basis. Right. And adding a workout or a humidity element on top of that can really – and for women, I had this conversation with – oh, I had this conversation recently about how important hair is mm-hmm. to women. Yeah. And realizing that even – you can come to terms with it, like you said, like as an adult, but when you're a teenager, your hair and, and what it is, it's part of your identity. Yeah, it feels like it is part of your core identity. Yeah. And I think that it and is if that's like threatened. That. Yeah. But I think also as adult women, even let's say you change your, excuse me. Whoa. Change your voice. <laughs> Whoa. Did you just go through puberty real quick? Uh, even if you are a woman that constantly, you know, cuts her hair or colors her hair is always playing with the the different style of it. That is even part of your core identity. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, I think that hair, when someone says, oh, it's just hair, it's not just hair. Yeah. Like, it's so much more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It cuts deep. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And um, look, African-American female health in the United States is no joke. Mm -hmm. It's really dangerous the fact that we're not working yeah out. and then on top of it your guys's diet naturally tends to be a little bit more fatty true. and less vegetables true so it doesn't help that you're not only are you not working out and then you're consuming a diet that's more heavy on carbs or something that's gonna not but also like healthy food and lower income african-american it's really hard so difficult if you're getting get. food stamps or ebt you well, oh you don't have anything organic available why are you right. gonna why are you gonna buy a, a salad box that is five dollars if you can buy a box of 42 muffins for two dollars that's gonna stretch and feed your family. exactly also like, like health food education doesn't no really yep doesn't exist in lower income areas no nope. doesn't mean, exist in general in america i want to say you know that food yeah. pyramid everything it's it's, it's it's corporations just for sure yeah no way so let's like talk some stats shall we yeah do it so stat time stat we should have like a stat time music oh my god i love a good stat. christian <sighs> christian insert stat music here <laughs> so according to the cdc the center for disease control and prevention 56.1 percent of african-american aged 20 and up are obese And that study was taken between 2013 and 2016. African-American women have the highest rates of being overweight or obese compared to other groups in the United States. About four out of five African-American women are overweight or obese. In 2015, African-Americans were 1.4 times as likely to be obese as non-Hispanic whites. In 2015, Uh, uh African-American women were 60% more likely to be obese than non-Hispanic white women. And between the the years of 2011 and 2014, African-American girls are 50% more likely to be overweight than non-Hispanic white girls. Also, the percentage of African- Why is there so much of non-Hispanic? Um, they just, are they trying to say anyone but Hispanic? Because Hispanics also are also pretty overweight in certain cases. Uh, my sus- my suspect would also my suspicion would also maybe be that they're talking about like white people, not like not like Latin passing whites. Or oh. sorry, uh, like Latino people that can pass for white, and so when these sorts of things come about, they claim white as opposed to claiming. Okay, got you see it. What I'm saying, yeah, 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 yeah. Like I think they're just trying to draw that distinction. Sure, that makes sense. Sorry, um, just cut no, that. no, you're totally fine. I mean, also, I just wanted to say as a side thought, smoking cigarettes mm. companies really do uh, 
have a way of making them themselves very, very visible in lower income African American mm-hmm. areas, which does not help when we're mm-hmm. talking about getting African American women or just anyone in general down to a healthy weight. Mm-hmm. Um, the percentage of women age aged 18 and over who currently smoke cigarettes in the african-american community is 13.5 percent and the percentage of african-american men is 21.8 percent um all of this makes me incredibly sad because as a as a group of people i know that we are so vibrant and we are Mm -hmm. so capable of change Mm -hmm. and i feel like our community very often gets forgotten about when it comes to issues of health and of wellness mm, and of, of yeah. affordable health care, of affordable prescription. Yeah, definitely. I feel like the African-American community is almost always overlooked. Yeah. But then is often looked at when it's like, oh, what's wrong with them? Why are they the problem? Oh, this why is are why. they so fat? This yeah. is why. When like, yeah, in all truth, like, you know, African-American women avoiding exercise because of their hair is one part of the problem. Sure. But also, as we said, like access to affordable, good food, the uh-huh. um, education, the education, the access to gyms and affordable yeah. gym memberships. Yeah. And maybe, you know, because a lot of African-American women of older generations didn't work out Mm -hmm. the middle and younger generations don't necessarily have the role models yeah and the the exercise pretty much yeah of how important it is right and so there's another reason why maybe adolescent or middle-aged african-american women don't work out i know that in my family like my father is the one that was the workout fiend Mm. i definitely got my so he's in good shape he's in amazing shape what about your mom um my mom's my mom is in good shape. She doesn't work out as regularly. But she probably eats fairly good. She eats really, really right. well. But like my exercise maven growing up was my dad. Mm. I don't think there's anyone else who's a female in my family that mm. works out quite yeah. as hard or quite as regularly. I think um, on the Asian aspect side of it, I don't necessarily also think that we are big on working out. But I think that our diet and our and our genetics, like the type of bodies that we are, yeah. is on our side. Yeah. Meaning our food um, is mostly vegetarian. Mm-hmm. So we don't eat a lot of meat already and we don't eat much dairy. Right. Which that in, in case is like everything. Totally. Um, and we tend to be smaller framed and are not prone to obviously. Don't get me wrong. I've, I know there's plenty of obese there Asian people as well. people in the world. But, for sure. but when you take it as a whole, um, my, my dad was pretty obese my whole like not obese but he had a belly my whole life his was mainly from drinking Got it. um and my mom never exercised hmm. so i didn't have role models but my mom was smart enough to put me through ballet and gymnastics Got and it. ice skating at a really young age mm-hmm. so i developed those muscles and the energy and the muscle memory right. really early on and so i and that kind of is like the foundation they say you know it's like your foundation is set as a child. So if you didn't, because I see it in my mom, she didn't exercise as a child. Mm -hmm. So now her exercising as an adult is really hard because she didn't get that as a child. Right. So all of that is really important as you're growing up. Yeah. And I mean, I always assume that Asian people didn't work out because you guys are natural. You guys have diets that are naturally. We're also afraid of the sun. (laughs) Oh, I just, I thought it was like a, a, a mixture of like a healthy diet naturally and also a small frame naturally naturally yes but i think a lot of women don't work out you guys don't work out because of your hair we don't work out because of the sun yeah 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 because if you get the sun you're gonna get sunspots and you're gonna be darker and that's not okay i get that 
Yeah. Totally Chinese women literally won't work out because they don't they won't be in the sun. They'll it work out indoors. But you know, oh, okay. it's very... and maybe that's why I don't see many like I work out outside because I think that gyms smell like a sweat sock. I cannot. I I've be... never been a gym person. Yeah, I just don't want to be locked. It smells inside. like rubber. And then there's air conditioning <laughs> blowing, which feels really artificial as your pores are like open and you're sweating. Yeah. Like why would I want bl- cold air blowing? Right. Like that just makes it so counterintuitive to what I like. You know, I like to be outside yeah. running and free. Yeah. And I do see clusters of Asian people working out. It's always very cute because it's always family. Yeah. Like it's. <laughs> Always a big family working as That's a couple generations, so like cute. out walking the dog and walking yeah. the new grandbaby, which I think is super cute, but. I also haven't been in a gym in a while, so maybe I've just never. Yeah, maybe, maybe I think that's where the Asian people work out. I, I think our generation for sure is better. If the more Asian American this type of you know more open to it, and definitely more a lot in the gym. But like my mom's generation, right. you know, they don't they don't work out. No, no. Well, I bet they don't work. They I bet if they do work out or if they get they, some sort of physical activity done it's indoors and it's is it super like rigorous no it's and not intense? it's like walking and okay. like you see the big like the big groups of asian women at the parks doing like so it's like, like qigong body harmony yeah like of course stressful. it's all about energy and chi yeah because yeah. running by definition is a stressor it's mm-hmm. a high impact intense workout yeah it's stressful i see what you're saying mm-hmm. it's so interesting huh? it and interesting. that has to do with the culture I get you. Yeah. Well, if we want to put a statistic to how many African-American women don't work out because of their hair. Oh, no. In a 2011 study, 45% of African-American women polled say they avoided physical activity because they didn't want to ruin their hair. Wow, that's quite a bit. That's a big number. That's almost half. In 2012 study, researchers found that two of every five African-American women said that they avoided exercise because of concerns about their hair. Other studies have shown that black women are often socialized during childhood to avoid sports or activities, citing hair as a primary reason. Mm. So we, so I kind of sort of touched on that. Yeah, you did. Yeah, one particular study found that among African-American adolescent girls, popular beliefs about an active lifestyle included notions of a, quote, beauty cost, that exercise is likely to mess up their hair and makeup. Hair was often used as a rationale to justify not participating in organized school events like recess or physical education because of insufficient time to reconstruct a groomed appearance. So I I completely, completely understand all of that 100%. Mm-hmm. And I think also when you're young, at least for me as a young black girl, I knew that that was why I would be avoiding exercise at certain point in times. But I also didn't have enough confidence to like say that in front of my white counterparts. Oh, really? Because anyone's perspective and level of understanding of how we're different is not that high when you're in grade school. No, are you kidding me? At all. Um, so there was also some shame attached to it. Oh, I'm sure. There was a, the shame. That's only of, natural. Oh, for sure. Of like having to sort of not be found. So did you ever lie? I mean, yeah, I'm sure I totally out like boldface lie. I remember, though, trying to avoid the schoolyard at all costs when my hair was straight. Oh. Like the black girls would hang out in the bathroom kind of a thing. What? Like not be found. Wow. Like that's what I'm kind of talking about. And that makes me look back now when I was in high school and I saw all the black I never ever once saw a black girl like athlete because we had like a lot of like track and field stars and stuff mm-hmm. and if one of them was black I never saw like not whatever you would call good hair it was always like up yeah for sure yeah. absolutely yeah. and like you either had the black girls that were in the bathroom because their hair was straight with the good hair 
Or I always knew the black girls that were athletic because they rocked a more easy to maintain hairstyle. Mm. So like cornrows, yeah. braids, yeah. things like that were often the hairstyle of the active African-American adolescent that I went to school with. Um, so these attitudes also carry over into adulthood, where women who have internalized uh, stereotypes about sports and appearance originating from childhood may believe that they have missed opportunities to learn to do certain exercises. Mm-hmm. Swimming is one that's cited a lot because, again, we avoid mm-hmm. moisture at all costs. Mm-hmm. Um, as a side note, in training for the half marathon, I trained five days a week, but not all five days were running. Mm. Um, it was suggested by a trainer that I was working with to sort of vary it up. So mm. I had never looked at swimming as a form of exercise. Swimming to me was always oh. the thing that I did hanging out with my friends. And sometimes I would get in the water and sometimes I would get in the water only up to my shoulders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In perfect honesty. And um, I, But I'd never looked at swimming as a viable form of exercise. Not mm-hmm. for me, at least. I knew right. that it existed, but I, I just never did it. And right. um, It's a great form of exercise. It's great. Yeah. And, like, in training for the half marathon, I really embraced swimming as That's awesome. a real form of exercise. So and how did you getting... feel? Great. I... Did you wear a cap? Uh, yes. You did? I wore a cap. Because your wore... hair stays dry under the cap. Only kind of, though. I see. I like to saturate my hair with water and a deep conditioner before putting my cap on because the chlorine is so dry. So drying. But I did feel like every time I would jump in the water and swim laps that I was sort of tackling this racial obstacle that has stuck with me since childhood. What a great way to sort of overcome that fear slash obstacle through something that you want to be successful at yeah you know exactly so so for this time it was never about like it wasn't really about your hair or your friends but it was about you being successful right at this marathon yeah definitely i think what what an interesting way to like heal from that and not allowing anything get in your way step in my way yeah Um, Similarly, the motivation to learn and utilize these behaviors as adult women is complicated because life happens and people are busy. So if you so if women specifically in this case, African-American women feel like they have missed out on an opportunity to learn a new skill or a new task that could ultimately benefit their health. They're going to be less motivated to do it overall. And that motivation is only going to wane the busier that we get in Mm -hmm, life, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which makes me really sad. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because I know that there are some black girls out there that are like, running, I've never really picked it up before. Yeah. Not really for me. And um, I mean, I think, me sad. I think all in all, I think for it's tough because it's your health that really matters, right? Yeah. So it's, again, good hair, good health. But I right. think if you don't have good health, there's no way you can have good hair. No. In a sense. Definitely. Because if you're in hospital. Your hair does tell does tell yes. on you when it comes to your health and condition. Right. For so sure. if I had to prioritize, I would urge the good health. Right. And if the good health means exercising, well, it does mean exercising. Not on the daily, but at least three to four times a week. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I don't know. I would just hopefully, like, wish them to have a positive attitude and to sort of find what works for them and for sure. try a bunch of different things and see what sticks, you know? There also has been studies... That have come out that have said that exercise benefits a white woman differently than it benefits a black woman. Interesting. Which, uh, yeah, in prep for this episode, I was reading some of those articles and I was like, oh, I never really thought about that. And I think that we talk about exercise here in the United States. It's very much a thing that 
from the African-American female standpoint, exercise is a leisure sport or a luxury. Mm. That Same is, with, uh, like, my mom's generation. They didn't have the luxury to exercise. Yeah. They were working. Yeah, and, yeah. like, we forget about that. We do. When yeah. I say we, I mean, like, like the younger Our generation. generation forgets about that. But I also think that exercise is, is, is told, we're told to exercise through a very white lens. Yes. And I think that no white person is thinking about the fact that if it... It might affect black people differently, the types of workouts that we do. Mm. We, we might gauge, we might gain benefits from different kinds of workouts uh-huh. that maybe benefit white women. They might not necessarily benefit us. Yeah, and I think the way the body, <coughs> excuse me, mm-hmm. <coughs> like African Americans, the way your guys' body and how you, the muscle, and yeah. then, you guys tend just naturally like natural athletes well, in get general cut. yeah you exactly get cut fast and really? there's, I mean, yeah. there's proof you it's know? something that i love about like working out in this black body of mine it's fucking for amazing sure. i'm always so jealous <laughs> it's hard <laughs> for you. me to like just because i don't have generations of athletes in my family mm-hmm. or generations of i mean the one thing i would say is maybe in, for asians back then who whatever like my mom still doesn't really support gyms because gyms are sort of like a really luxury like you're gonna pay to work out that's i see where that's your mom ridiculous is from. you know because back then the way asians or the way we stayed in shape was because we were farmers no you want to know something you know? that's real shit though and i i un- and i agree with your mom i refuse to pay for a gym yeah. i didn't pay for a gym to, to train for this half marathon yeah. no why the fuck would i it costs running is an expensive hobby i recognize that and i see my the my privilege and the ability to be able to Run, run every as a day. Hobby. Yeah, I'm not gonna add more money. A Thirty dollar. Yeah, having to buy new running clothes, proper running shoes, registering for all of these races because I'm running the LA half the LA marathon in March of 2019. Mm-hmm. Like all this shit costs money. I'm yeah. not gonna pay more money to right. go and be a part of a gym. Yeah, when I can work out outside, I've got right. access to friends who do, who personal train right i see exactly where your mom is coming from yeah so that it's a very like traditional old school mentality that stems from the fact that back then what you did Mm -hmm. as your career back then was what made you in shape if you farmed if you worked in a rice perry if you're working on your yard if you're gardening if you're doing all this stuff that stuff's gonna keep you in shape Mm -hmm. so this idea of taking time i maybe it's different if your career is obviously in some sort of physical form if you're a ballerina if you're a a bodybuilder like that is you know obviously exceptions right but but i can see that that the reason why there is this sort of disconnect between the generation above us and this generation and the privilege that comes with being able to work out on your own time, to drive, yeah. to pay for a membership, to buy these, you know, uh, weights and, and tools is, is is a very different world for most people. Mm-hmm. And then couple that with maybe being black and having hair. Yeah. Th- that definitely. kind of hair is, is another layer. Yeah. And, like, let us not forget, black hair has been heavily politicized and we have been told for decades that our natural hair is less attractive. Mm. Actually, a Perception Institute study from 2016 found that black women's natural curly hair was rated less attractive and less professional. I've heard men talk about how they don't like black women hair. Yeah. So, like, when someone says to me, when I say someone, like, read white America tells black America, it's just hair. It's no big deal. It actually is a big deal. Yeah. For certain women out there, it is their jobs and their livelihoods. Yeah. Can you imagine being 12 
and the boy that you're crushing on says, I don't like your hair. Like, that... I was never told that as a kid. But, but I'm I remember, sure some girls... Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. Definitely. I definitely remember being 14, reading in Glamour magazine, which to me at the time was like, oh, love Glamour. <laughs> but I remember in their beauty section, they were talking about hair and how to do professional hairstyles. And it was said, like, in the black and white print... Curly hair is not professional. It's not clean. It's not respected. Yeah. And I remember reading it as a young girl and being like, well, what hope do I have? Like, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, totally. I, I'm already being told from a young age, my hair is not good enough. Mm-hmm. If I want to do the things that make me happy in life and that bring me joy, I'm going to have to make a decision yeah. between doing those things or having nice hair. Yeah. And I don't feel like that's a very fair option to give our young African-American adolescent girls Mm-mm. today. No, not at all. I I mean, I think we're in a time now where there's a lot more awareness and there's a lot more tools and people are way more open-minded. And, um, you know, um, with the LGBTQT, mm-hmm. uh, you know, um, community, all of that is just oh, people's minds being more open and with more celebrities and coming forward and rocking their natural hair. I think all of that helps. We've, I think we covered all this in the hair episode too. But mm-hmm. but it, it, it's really saddening that their hair, for some, becomes gets in the way of their health. Yeah. And I would love to be a part of, of the change that made that, that makes that not so. Yeah. Well, I think you just being you and doing what you're doing is already part of it. Thank you. Yeah, I Thank think you. I think for all you and all the women that were the were at the LA Marathon, um, or at the marath the half marathon, the thirteen miles, half <laughs> miles Jesus Christ, um, and you choosing to take care of your body and o- over not necessarily over your hair, but realizing that your health is more important. Yeah, no, yeah, I chose my health over my hair, and absolutely. that y- your hair doesn't rule you, right, to a degree, you know. Yeah, um, but it's also an awareness you have that that your hair will has this kind of attention for sure yeah definitely so how do you like that's like the balance right yeah Yeah. and i and and i feel like more often than not either if you're in a position where you can make the decision to say my health is more important than my hair i would hope that everyone black white or otherwise chooses their health Yes, but especially same. as women, because we're gonna live longer. Yeah, I really hope that women step up and choose choose health. Yeah, same. Um, in 2011, U.S. Surgeon General Regina Benjamin claimed that quote, oftentimes you get women saying quote, I can't exercise today because I don't want to sweat my hair back or get my hair wet end quote. When you're starting to exercise, you look for reasons not to, and sometimes the hair is one of those reasons. Okay. I just have to address that because I remember hearing that in 2011 and side note, Regina Benjamin is an African-American woman. So she's a little bit of a traitor in that sense. Um, But I remember hearing that and thinking not all of us use our hair as an excuse to not work out. That's not something that all of us fall back on. Society has told us time and time again, if your hair doesn't look a certain way, you're going to get paid less. You're going to get worse jobs. You're not going to be taken as seriously. You're going to have a hard time dating. You're going to have a hard time maneuvering through society because of your hair. Mm -hmm. And I think that that should change. I think that we need to prove Regina Benjamin wrong. Wherever she is, 
the gall of her to say that about us black girls because right. that's 100% untrue. Yeah. But I think in order to really create this change, we've got to we've got to meet black girls halfway. We do. Like I think in order to really inspire African American women to not let their hair hold them back and exercise, I think we've got to build really strong social networks that offer ways to make hair maintenance while working out a lot easier. And I think that all has to start with people saying, yes, African-American women, we see that your hair and the maintenance of your hair is important to you, but also it, it deters you from getting exercise. Yeah. How do we fix that? Right. And sort of, I think the key too is like, she talks about, she's putting the emphasis on the hair. Yeah. Where I would like the emphasis to be on the health and the body. Right. Right. Because, okay, yes, you might work out today and your hair might not be the way you want it. But your body right. got to sweat. Your yeah. cells got to regenerate. Your heart got to beat over a certain amount of time for a certain amount of period. Like all of that is what needs to be attention on and not the hair. Yeah, you for know? sure. And I think like you can see good hair. You can't necessarily see good health. And I yeah, think and, that that's the... And I think... Sorry, I don't mean to cut you no, off. No, no, go for it. But I think also too, if you have good health, you're naturally healthier. You're naturally happier. Mm-hmm. When they meet you and the fact that you are this healthy, vibrating, energetic person, they might look over your hair. Yeah. And go, hey, dude, that person was so cool. I loved her energy. They won't go, oh, did you see her hair? Because your attention isn't on, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. it's like what you, what you, what you, what your attention goes to is like where mm-hmm. you attract. So if you're always thinking about your hair. I mean, hair insecurity is very real and like every African American woman will carry it For with For sure. But it's just like you going on, it's like you attracting what it is that you have your intention on. Right. So, yeah, maybe your hair that day doesn't look that good. But if you're – I'm not saying you're not going to have attention on your hair, but if you can have more attention on your body and on your health and and what you're eating over the hair, that is where you're going to get results. Agreed. You know? I also think that we need to start having some conversations in black-owned barbershops and in black-owned hair salons. Like, let's open up those conversations. Let's have these conversations about working out as we're sitting in the hair chair, getting our hair laid Mm -hmm. or getting our hair permed. Or even, like... Let's talk about it. Let's make a platform where our stylists can hear our concerns, maybe suggest tools, maybe suggest techniques or or lower-maintenance hairstyles. Or even, like, people of status. Like, I love that Lupita Nyong'o really, Mm. like, doesn't ever... I've never seen her with, like, a weave or long, straight black hair. She rocks that natural forever kind of I see what I you're saying like. or like people of status like has anyone ever asked like Michelle Obama like what she, you know what I mean like just being real like she is a human being and she's black and mm-hmm. she has black hair and like having them talk about this stuff and making it okay because it seems to also kind of sometimes be a taboo that you don't talk about it because it's embarrassing it's true and you want to know something there's an elderly fly sis who works out at the reservoir and she always has her hair i thought her hair was always in corn rolls Mm -hmm. there is a whole 365 which is like i guess uh, whole foods is like little oh yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) that's right by the reservoir and one time i was shopping post run and i saw her and she had a wig on and this wig jackie looked so great and i remember stopping in my tracks and being like that's how you do it 
That's your secret. You work out like a fiend because I always see this woman there early in the morning. We are working out around the same time in her cornrows and she slaps that wig on, oh. honey, after she's done working out and she looks amazing. Oh. So I think that's my way of saying African-American women, like we can also, don't forget about wigs. Yeah. Like don't forget that just like putting like, really embracing hair pieces and wigs yeah. can really work to our benefit. Yeah. We can work out and still have great hair. Right. You that's know what amazing. I mean? Oh my gosh. That's so fascinating. Yeah, it was just a it reminded me of that as you were as you were talking. I was like, wait a minute, hold on. That elderly woman. Yeah. Like she's black, she's in great shape. She's always got corn rolls, but then she's got a wig on. She's got mm-hmm. long, pretty hair. Just a thing. It is. It is. It's. It's a thing. It's. It's so. I, I'm so. I'm. I'm constantly mesmerized by it because it's a world I'll never know. Yeah. But I love hearing about it, and I love either supporting the cause. And I've never. Thank you. Guess what? I remember what? when you told me that your you got your hair got checked at the airport. Yes. My hair got checked at the airport the other ah, day. Ah, it's a really, really vulnerable feeling. It was weird. I it's had my terrible. hair. I had my hair in a big long braid, mm-hmm. and I was passing through the security, and the the officer. The lady officer was like, can you turn around? And I was like, sure, but, like, why in my head, you know? And she, like, touched my hair. She, like, her hand was in gloves, and she, like, kind of, like, went through it. And I was like, did she just check yep. my hair? Mm-hmm. That's what she did. I yep. felt so weird. I can't imagine, it's like. It's really vulnerable. Like, it's like, what really the fuck would I be hiding in there, a tiny bomb? Well, it's, it's vulnerable and it's slightly embarrassing because, like, yes, we say that, but, like, to them, they're just, quote, doing their job. Yeah, me, I know. It's definitely a sexist form of yeah. discrimination. It is, and the fact that it was checked by a woman and the fact that I never thought something like that would happen to me because yeah. it's never happened before. And I've had my hair in buns and, like, crazy. Like, I've gone through airports with, you know. And so when when you told me that, I was shocked. And then when it happened to me, I was like, whoa. All right, so this is how it feels. Yeah, definitely. And imagine that feeling that I had at the airport, but, like, my whole life. Yeah. I, girl, yes. (laughs) Like, I 100%. It was, like, like that moment. It just was, like, full circle for me. Yeah. Welcome to the club. (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) Um... Finally, my like my last call to action before I like spotlight two really great organizations that I think an African American girl listening to this uh, might be interested in. I just want to end by saying, White America, stop telling Black girls that it's just hair and it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. It's not just hair; it is a big deal. It is like it's a huge deal. Yeah, we have been culturally, we've got cultural ties to our hair. We've Socially, social beliefs about our hair. Our hair is a big deal. It is the fact that. You you can just work out, wash your hair, blow it and gl- blow it and go <laughs> is a blessing. It is a luxury. It is a privilege. Wow! Stop telling us it's no big deal. Never look at my hair the same again. It is a big. Thank God, it is a big deal. Um, if you are listening, if you're an African American girl and you are interested in, in an athletic lifestyle, if you are a runner, I just want to spotlight two great organizations that you should check out. One is called Black Girls Run. They were oh, yeah. definitely uh, at the half marathon. They were there in their shirts, their black and hot pink shirts, repping. And a little bit about Black Girls Run. It was started in 2009, and it was created by Tony Carey and Ashley Hicks in an effort to tackle the growing obesity epidemic Woo-hoo! in the African-American community. 
and provide encouragement and resources to both new and veteran runners. That's awesome. Check them out. They are a great, great, great organization. Their vision is to inspire uh, to inspire black women to take a comprehensive and creative approach to improve the health statistics of women of color. I totally support this organization, and I think that if you are an African-American girl, if you are a runner, if you want to get linked in with these women, check them out, Black Girls Run. And the second organization I want to spotlight, it's called Run Girl, R-U-N-G-R-L, Run Girl. (laughs) And it was established in 2017, and it is a new media platform that provides information, inspiration, and celebration for the black woman distance runner. Wow. So women like me, if you are interested (coughs) in doing 5Ks, 10Ks, half marathons, marathons, check out Run Girl. They are here for you. They've got a strong community focus, and by thoughtfully curating content that shares our voices and stories they aim to change the existing narrative about what it means to be a runner that's amazing so i hope we have touched some lives i hope for any of our black ladies listening you feel a little bit less alone with the choice to uh to live a healthy life yep or to live a life with good hair you don't have to choose between you can have Have both both. check out as you have shown to the world you can definitely have both check out black girls run check out run girl and if you're for you if you're not black hopefully you can learn to just see them as people Mm -hmm. and not put any emphasis on the hair yeah and just realize that they're just like us and that it should never be about the hair yeah, yeah, definitely. What actually attracted me first to, to Run Girl's website is they have a tab and a hashtag that's hashtag my running hair. <laughs> and it's all pictures and testimonials by uh, women that are part of the or- the Run Girl organization that have essentially changed their hairstyles to accommodate their physically active lifestyle. Mm. It gave me a lot of great tools. ideas yeah. and tools of how to style amazing. my hair and maintain my hair while running. Again, I cannot like sing the praises of these two organizations enough yeah. check them out um but in general get out there get healthy get fit yes get go active. work out go join a half marathon or a half half marathon something <laughs> like you know get get out there get sweating um get sweating i think that's kind of it for this episode yeah, yeah guys we hope you liked it we hope you learned something new and tune in next time this episode was brought to you by christian at zeitheist mm-hmm. we are the black and yellow podcast if you want to reach out to us you can find us on the gram at black and yellow podcast if you want to email us if you want to really unload some serious thoughts Seriously. on us black and yellow podcast at gmail.com or you can find us individually i am alana webster at renegade of fun my name is jacqueline chung young i'm also that's my handle on ig um, have a lovely day, y'all, or yeah. a lovely night if you're in the car, if you're in the bathroom, wherever. wherever. <laughs> One love, stay woke, yep. stay healthy. Yes. We'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.